0: Hey what's up tribe, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the TFC Audio Project Down Under. This week I'm joined by Misty Dullahide, who's an avid barefooter and a biodynamic leader at Mount Zeal Wilderness Park in Central Australia, where she actually operates a food forest in the desert. Throughout the episode, we delve into her barefoot journey and how it has made her think differently about her physical and mental health. We talk through how she found herself in a desert farm and the lessons she's learned along the way, the amazing power of connecting with nature on a deeper level, and the parallels between caring for a garden and caring for our
1: own health. This week's episode is brought to you by TFC Beginner Beams. We've been loving the feedback and reviews that we've been getting on our current beam models, but one thing we have been hearing pretty often is that they're a lot more challenging than they look and can be pretty tough on the feet when people first get onto them. That's obviously great for building strength and resilience in your feet, but it can also be a bit of a barrier for people who have more significant foot or balance issues. That's why we've rolled out the TFC Beginner Beam. It's our most affordable and accessible model yet. The BB is designed with a much wider and flatter surface as well as built-in cradles for extra stability, making it the perfect tool for anyone young or old looking to start training their balance. Each beam of course comes with our online beam training system to guide you along your journey and we'll also of course be donating $5 from every sale to plant one tree here in Australia to help reforest our country through our partnership with Reforest Now. To check them out, you can head to our website, tfc-shopaus.com.
0: Okay, so Misty, thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
2: No worries. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure. So we actually connected. It's a bit of a funny story, actually, but we connected because we were having major issues getting a beam sent out to you at uh, Mount Zeal in the middle of nowhere or the middle of Australia. I call it somewhere. Uh, I
2: call
0: it somewhere. <laughs> okay, somewhere. That's that's a good way to put it. Um, and yeah, we, we were just having major delays and we weren't getting any response back from our couriers. And so I had to Give you a call and break the news and and try and figure something else out and so we ended up sending you another package and now we've just found out that you uh, have got the original package. I got so
2: two beams. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a win, a win-win. Um, but anyway, when I did call you, we had a great chat on the phone, um, all about you know your barefoot journey and what you're up to at. Mount Zeal like why you're actually there and what you're doing there and I, I found it really inspiring myself and so I wanted to hear more about it and obviously share it out with our community as well. Um, so yeah I thought maybe we could just start um, start at the start with the, with your Barefoot journey and how you got into all of this and what sort of brought you to getting a beam from us and then we can, we can delve into everything else along the way.
2: Yeah cool cool that sounds good. Um, oh I feel like for me my Barefoot journey oh look who Barefoot journey starts at the start, right? We all we all started out barefoot, so <laughs> That's a good it's point. Really, yeah, it's like everyone has one. Um, yeah, but I I actually broke both my ankles when I was younger. Oh, didn't completely break the ankle. I I um I had an injury when I was in grade eight. Oh, I think that was back yeah two thousand eight, and then I had an injury in two thousand nine, and um mm-hmm. it was really interesting. I the first injury um was more of a Hairline fracture from my ankle up my shin. I'd fallen off of a, uh, like a seesaw swing at a park. Came down oh, and, right. and um, landed all my weight pretty much on there, and uh, that caused that injury. And then a, a year later, I was roller skating and last round around the rink, and um, thought you know this be it. And then yeah, fell over and snapped. I guess where your um your joint of your ankle goes into the joints of your shin bones uh my growth plate yeah. snapped um down the middle right. it was about a six mil crack and so i had to actually get in going for an operation for that and it's funny because i remember being um being at the at the doctors and my mum said you know um you know i think I, she drinks a lot of she drinks a lot of milk it should be fine you know like i don't why i don't get why she's breaking all her ankles you know <laughs> but, <laughs> I think I was going through that point in my life of growth spurt. I was going through a massive growth spurt. And so I guess my ankles just became, I guess, a fragile thing. Um, But also, you know, we as kids ran around with no shoes on. So I thought I would have had pretty tough feet um, being younger. Mm. And then, um, yeah, and I didn't really take into account too much of what those injuries could have had effect or, you know, when you think when you're older. You don't think what happens to you when you're younger, what's going to – do later in life the trauma that is inflicted on our bodies and um yeah and I remember with the with the right ankle with the growth plate I had to have the operation and then I was in a cast for like six weeks and then in a moon boot for six weeks and then when that came off actually learning to put weight on my leg again I didn't do physiotherapy or nothing you know I came from a I guess a pretty low economic area and we didn't really look into yeah, think of that stuff, you know. You don't think physio. You just yeah. go back out. You'll be right. You just get
0: out of the boot and get <laughs> yeah. Out, yeah, get back out there. Yeah, so I yeah. never
2: really um looked at healing that that part of my body um until later in life, until like oh, I think it was what's the um there's that documentary uh where they talk about vivo barefoots and what's the doco? It's on YouTube. Um, it's like an hour. Shoespiracy? Yeah, shoespiracy. Oh, That's an it. hour? Shus- yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah, spirit. Yeah. yeah, and um,
0: and yeah. that I
2: was just like blown away because, you know, sometimes <laughs> I, I'm a big believer. Like when you hear some things, you just know, you just know they're right. <laughs> like, and yeah, I feel like we yeah. try to risk the, re, we probably try to resist the information because we've got a closet filled with like twenty shoes we spend some big money <laughs> on. But I never had that. You know, <laughs> I was always looking for the cheaper option, and the cheaper option was actually wearing <laughs> no, no shoes. You know, so. Yeah. That kind of um inspired me, you know, and then I found the Foot Collective, the American, um, the, the American team.
0: Oh uh, yeah, the yeah actually they're Canadian.
2: Oh Canadian! Oh well there you go. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> it would be <laughs> upset if you, if you, heard you called them <laughs> American. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Technical, technical <laughs> no technical no offense to, to all the Americans out there. No. Um, but the That's but jokes. the <laughs> the green bars, I was like, this is so cool, you know, and yeah, I just. I it was there the information was there but I kind of let it lay dormant for a while. I was still discovering mm-hmm. I guess um going through my own healing journey of of just getting fit and healthy, you know. I spent a good couple of years there being a bit of a party animal and you know doing crazy things to my body and actually um when I was 18 it was a pretty deep conversation but I, um you know I I was a kid out of home and didn't have really any aspirations and stuff. And I actually uh, attempted suicide by jumping in front of a car. Mm. And um, Mm. I was very, very blessed that I walked away with just a a knee that was split open, um, no bones broken or anything like that. But but the impact of the car hitting me, I've now picked up on later in life, the trauma that that's done to that part of my body. And so it's ignited, you know, this – this new love for okay, how can I actually look at healing myself and um and wh- where can I get to the bare necessities of it? You know, because I got into the gym and the gym was amazing. You know, I looked sexy as hell <laughs> and I looked good. <laughs> I got muscly, I got fit, but I could still feel the aches and the pains. You know, and I didn't realize
0: yeah, yeah.
2: all those things that I did to myself as a younger person. I'm still young, but uh, uh, as I did what that actually um yeah did to me so now I'm keen to get into it and that's when I found you and uh, booked my beam that came you know three months late but that's all right. yeah <laughs> but, but now I'm here on a Not podcast with you <laughs> yeah yeah which is um, yeah which exactly is amazing. if you it
0: is and yeah if you interesting how the the universe works I suppose with the if the beam hadn't come late then we wouldn't have had a connection and then yeah we wouldn't be sitting here uh, chatting so
2: it's so incredible (laughs) and honestly James I think what you did that day by just calling up like that customer service is something like I pride myself in I've worked hospitality my whole life so to have like someone actually call and be like let alone the person behind the whole thing be like hey like I understand that compassion really now I'm like I have to stick to this. <laughs> like he, uh, yeah, he gave me, he, he he gave me his heart. I got to give myself my heart, you know, so, <laughs> which was amazing. Because oh. now I have like, and I've already seen improvements with myself on the beam. Um, I I finally hit. I got a minute and a minute and eleven seconds yesterday on just balancing on the one foot, which wow, was so cool. Like be- yeah, that's only within yeah. a week. Cause yeah, I just got back from holidays. But yeah, you can see improvements. Yes,
0: yeah, great. Mm. Oh yeah, and it, it's um, it is amazing. I mean, there's so, there's so much in that story that we can we can um, delve into. But yeah, it, it, it is just 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 on that point, it is amazing how quickly the body responds to the challenge, of, especially of the beam, because it's not really like you're working out your muscles. Like you said, it's not like going to the gym. Like, yes, your body does sort of feel like it gets some work and your your glutes usually fire up and your feet fire up. And, um, you know, it feels a, a bit like work, but really it's your nervous system is training uh, in, in order to figure out how to stabilize on this weird bit of timber yeah (laughs) um and yeah you can go from like barely being able to stand on it at all to yeah going over a minute for one like for a single leg stance and then going you know eyes closed and doing lots of cool different tricks on the beam and it's this sort of this play-based way of your body, um, like self-organizing itself or organizing itself, um, in order to be more stable and more coordinated. And I think, uh, we, you know, we were talking briefly before about, um, I guess the, the tra- like the effects of trauma like the ongoing long term effects of trauma whether that's physical or mental trauma um but you know if we if we just talk about physical trauma mm. for now um there's a, actually a whole book called the body keeps the score and um it, it goes quite deep but obviously if you have an injury of some kind then that will have some kind of mental and physical effect going down the line unless, uh, unless you do something to address it pretty much. And um, I think a lot of people do have injuries and myself included, like even when I was studying physio or knew I wanted to study physio, I had an ankle injury and I didn't end up rehabbing it properly because the quite frankly, the stuff that the physio gave me to do was super boring. And I was a, I was a kid and I was like, oh, this is like, you just don't get motivated yeah. to do that stuff. Um, whereas with things like the beam, then you don't have to have a coach telling you what to do really, you know, a little bit of guidance is helpful. But as long as you get on the beam and try and stay on the beam and try a few different challenges, then your body sort of it, it tells you what areas need more work and it tells you and it starts to self-organize without you having to figure it out yourself pretty much.
2: Yeah. and, that, or, and Without you know, having to
0: figure it out consciously. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, even yesterday I like I've mucked around with the hacky sack, but I haven't done any of the kicking stuff like, like that I've seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and then it's, I started, pretty doing tough. <laughs> but I started, I started just on the knee and I was like, Oh, this is fun. <laughs> it was like, it yeah. was like something just, just my child self came out and it was just like, you know, I've been this. I've been only just listening to the podcast recently, and um, and in those beginning podcasts where you really emphasize on play, wow, it's like mm. I have a friend visiting at the moment, and she's also just added to that playfulness in my life, and I'm like, wow, it's so fun. Like I, I take you forget how serious you are, and even when I think I'm probably one of the least serious people, I'm like, oh no, I actually <laughs> just that movement, like and. We just went for a walk up the uh, up the gorge at Mount Zeal, um Wilderness Park where I live, um, two hundred mm-hmm. k's west of Alice Springs, by the way. And um, <laughs> so there's this beautiful gorge up there, and these boulders are like, oh, lost my headphones. Um, these boulders are like monstros- monstrosities, like they're they're gi- gigantic, <laughs> you know. And you're just like, oh. And then we were just climbing and just you know running across these like massive like and there's no one else in this nature park you know like in the middle of Australian it's, desert <laughs> it's just amazing <laughs> that's so cool yeah oh it's so good and
0: um and yeah that's the thing it's these very simple pleasures like yeah going for a hike up a um up a big mountain like so that's something i did um the last weekend or the weekend before last um was out at out at Bush One, out at my uncle and auntie's land that we're building out of. We just went for a huge explore up the mountain, and because it's his land and there's no one else there, and we just we found this massive rock face, um, and like this big, um, uh, what would you call it? Like this big valley that was all rock, and so it's, we're just exploring this whole place. And it's not it's not like a workout, but it's so much more for your body and mind and spirit um, to just get out there in those wild places. And, and I, I find for me like balancing and playing with a hacky sack is, is a similar thing where you just, you get out of your head, you're in, you know, you're just in the present moment doing what you're doing and it's just really fun. And you, you just know deep down how good it is for you. And that's why your, your brain is giving you those chemicals of like, yes, keep doing this.
2: (laughs) Definitely. When we are coming down the mountain, my friend, she even stated, she's like, okay, let's try to challenge ourselves and not use our arms. And then, because she's an ex-cheerleader, so she's got that balancing technique already in. Um, And so she was, like, telling me, like, you know, hold your core and and do these things. And and she's, like, you know, checking in on me, like, how are you going? And I was, like, yeah, I'm not going to lie, the legs are definitely feeling it a lot more, you know. And when you're (laughs) climbing down these real steep bits and you just want to use your hands to squaddle down. But it's, like, well, actually your body is capable of holding you, you know, like, I go up this gorge yeah. walk by myself and take the shoes off. I wear my bare barefoots, but I usually take the shoes off and go for a bit just to train my, my legs up on them. You yeah, know, on being barefoot on this harder surface, because um, we've got more mm-hmm. sandy country around here. And so it just, yeah, by the end of it, I'm like, okay, i put my shoes back on there. Like, <laughs> it's such a good little workout. But oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I can imagine. Yeah, the the feet, they definitely need a bit of getting used to, with, especially with texture, like sh- um, if there's like sharp rocks or hot things and things like that, then it really, um, they need some time to get used to it.
2: Well, being out, um, yeah, it's, oh, it's sorry, very yeah, tough. On. Oh, oh, no, I was just going to say the desert country is, you know, we got, like I was very... I was barefoot before I came here, and then I've had to actually relearn barefoot. On a yeah. Whole different, like, I've come to Mars. Like, I'm just going to paint that picture for you. <laughs> it's red dirt everywhere, you know. Wow. And everything, but they are a lot tougher than True. 10 months ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it get really hot as well on, on the sand, I imagine?
2: Um, yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Like super hot sand. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like sometimes you go to the beach and you, like, pretty much burn your feet yeah. in the sand if you go barefoot.
2: I think I had it yesterday. <laughs> I had to walk from, like, our kitchen area to, like, my bedroom. And, and that was – I was like, oh, it's just a bit hot today. <laughs> I was like, oh. yeah Because I am I wear my barefoots when I work, um you know, all the time. I was wearing steel caps when I got here because – and if my boss listens to this, I'll probably get in trouble because I'm supposed to wear steel caps, you know, PPE. But um, but if I'm okay, on a well, machinery, we'll, you know, I'll chuck one. But if, if otherwise, if I'm in the garden, I'm I've got my barefoot, yeah, so you, or I've got no yeah. shoes on. Yeah, is,
0: <laughs> is that the um v, like v, are they the trackers that you use? Vivo barefoot um, trackers or
2: yeah yeah I think they're the trackers. Yeah, the, they've got a like bit the of boots, that heel sport
0: more the sport. boot style one.
2: No, they're not the actual like um the the tr- the big trail climbing ones, so it's like oh, big okay. leather chunky ones um even though they're not chunky, yeah. like but they're chunky still for me <laughs> um but yeah I,
0: chunky for barefoot shoes
2: yeah but i've got just the um i think they're a, they're the trail
0: oh uh, yeah trail yeah, ones yeah. yeah good
2: good ankle like good bit of ankle support but um but still like very loose and yeah i love them yeah but i yeah. i my first pair of vivos I loved them straight away, and then I didn't take them off, and then I went to wear my other shoes, and my other shoes had to go. Like, uh, my feet oh. had changed so much. Like, oh, so
0: good. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Once you get used to barefoot shoes or just being barefoot more, you try to squeeze your feet into something else, and you're like, oh, no thanks. Yeah, not worth it. <laughs> you just, you just your feet just are like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not tolerating this anymore. Yeah, that's it. Um, so I was gonna ask. So you had the ankle injuries and, um. And obviously, then you you said that you watched the Spiracy documentary, and so w- had you had um, like ongoing pain or stiffness in the ankles that got better with by going barefoot as well, or
2: yeah, so like, um, it, there would be times where I'd go to stand, or like you know, I work in kitchens, you move around fast a lot, and you're on your feet a mm. lot during the day, that I'd go to stand in certain areas, or move a certain way and it, it'd be a sta- stabbing pain and I'm so glad you're asking this because it's something that I haven't had for a very long time um wow so it'd be like a stabbing pain and I always thought it's because maybe it's because you've got a screw in your ankle you know and um mm. but no I just thought, I just think it was from I used to wear Vans shoes all the time you know and they're so tight on my feet uh. and they were like my yeah. go-to shoes, like always. You know, I went. Through Me that. too,
0: actually. Yeah, I, I went through a big Vans phase. I, I think I, everyone that did. Go to. Yeah, 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 true. The- <laughs> <laughs> it was that era. Yeah, no yeah. judgment,
2: right? <laughs> but no. it was um, yeah, I think that was it. And they like, in an essence, they were kind of like I I don't want to promote them or anything like that, but I would never I never really got into like the Nikes or the Adidas or my they mm. were so tight. And my feet have always been pretty wide, anyway. You know, because I've been barefoot, like I've been a barefoot kid. Um, so they never really got comfy. And I remember going to—I don't know if I can name drop anywhere, but one of those places where they test your feet. <laughs> <and,
0: and, laughs> yeah. By the name
2: of athletes or something for testing feet for athletes. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um,
2: but I I did that, and they were like, you know, you've got, they they what they watched watch my ankles roll in. So they got me some high arch support ones, and uh, and I was like, okay, you know. And then I, oh, that was when I started really my training journey with like gym and you know get, getting fit and more more so getting skinny and muscly, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not fit, not healthy. Not just,
0: fit, just, just fitting, yeah. yeah uh, you know. I get you.
2: And um, yeah. And, yeah, and they were comfy as, and they cost me $250, so they should have been comfy as, you know. But but <laughs> I remember doing lunges and squats and running, and the arch would just still hurt so much. Like, I remember doing mm. training sessions where I'd have to take my shoes off after doing, like, 20 lunges or whatever. And then uh, and then I'd be, like, in pain where I don't get that now. Like, it's such a mm. a big shift. There's still improvements in my feet that I need to make and I'm on my way to making, but... Yeah, that, that sharp stabbing pain that I used to get on just putting my weight on my foot in a in a way that maybe didn't it didn't like or it wasn't strong enough to handle. Um Yeah. Yeah, so I definitely I can see yeah. massive improvements with that, yeah
0: epic yeah well that's that is what tends to happen because the when the foot is squished or it's supported too much then it just doesn't function the way it should like the big toe isn't allowed to move the way it should which means your plantar fascia can't activate the way it should um and you know there's all these mechanisms in the foot that really rely on it being um allowed to function naturally like to have the wide toe splay and to have um you know enough strength and mobility in the plantar muscles and um it is i think uh, people like you and me like i was really barefoot a lot growing up as well um and those of us who who were encouraged to go barefoot and did spend a lot of time barefoot um i think have a bit of a head start because we didn't we didn't mess our feet up too badly um to begin with obviously um, you know if you have ankle injuries and and surgeries and stuff, then that, that affects things as well. But, um, I think it's just, it's quite scary how many people are currently being, um, are currently just messing up their feet without realizing it or or they think they're doing the right thing because someone at you know the athlete's foot told them that they need arch support and so okay yeah sweet i spent 250 and I'm doing the right thing um and then like you said there's a there is a there is an element of truth like when you hear oh your feet don't need all this support it's like ooh, that's that's probably true, like that just makes sense. it just really vibes, and but a lot of people will resist that because it's like, well, I've just paid two hundred and fifty dollars for this really supportive footwear, surely that must be correct, or yeah. my podiatrist told me that I need these orthotics, so surely they must be correct. But I think deep down, or at least from a lot of people, deep down there there's that sort of truth resonating that they're like uh that that's probably true it, it wouldn't make sense that our feet need all of this technology and support
2: <laughs> yeah and definitely and it, yeah it's oh it's such an interesting thing hey and I, I I've come across people now and um you know and I it's the first thing I look at I'm not gonna lie just check out because that, that's like a, it's indicator <laughs> to a lot of things like it, it really is and um and I just want to I just want to like shape People sometimes would be like, "Come on, like," you, and I've, I, you know, I've got. I remember being in school, primary school. There was I had these two teachers, and they always wore heels, like always wore mm-hmm. heels. And I was just like, I just don't think they like. I think that if they took their foot out of the heel, it's also just shaped like the heel, you know, like it's not. <laughs> it's that they've got to yeah. commit now, you know, which is so unfortunate. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. A, a lot of people. Uh, Like they're simultaneously deforming their feet by putting them into narrow things. And then they go, Oh, my feet are so ugly. I don't want anyone to see them. So I have to wear shoes at all times. And so it's kind of this, um, self-fulfilling, like this negative cycle where it's like the more you want to hide your feet the less love and attention that you can give them um and the less likely you are to get to to go barefoot with them well, I've, um I've got, so yeah it's it's a shame but
2: oh well i've got next to some the yeah. toe next to my big toe is uh it's always been like a, it's got like i guess the, one of the main knuckles is a lot more cramped than the rest of my knuckles. And I've always thought that's from swishing, yeah. squishing my feet together, you know, and, and I've seen it when I when I sit down that it it struggles to extend like the rest of them. So I'm really working on that. But mm-hmm. the, it's one of the biggest things for me that has improved since going barefoot and allowing it to be flat out and especially doing climbing and stuff like that where it gives it the opportunity to be used instead of squished in, uh, in this – car, you know, for it to sit back and do nothing and just get, (laughs) you know, messed up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And
0: um, (laughs) something that we're pretty big on as well at TFC is like, obviously we, we care about the physical side of things with um, people going barefoot and having better um, foot function and better movement health in general. But we also see the barefoot, philosophy I suppose or the barefoot concept is a really good um conduit to connecting more with nature and uh I think that's a pretty good segue into some of the things that you're doing uh, at the moment at Mount Mount Zeal um but you know I'm interested to hear about that that kind of thing like did you find that when you started going barefoot more you started feeling that deeper connection with nature and and that um like yeah i'm just interested to hear about that journey
2: yeah so so i kind of um so i did the gym journey you know and then and then the the other things in my life that i tried to remove myself from weren't uh weren't ridding themselves um and so i then uh you know the whole covid thing happened and and i uh-huh. i kind of packed up it oh, i didn't even pack up i got in my car and i hit the road pretty much I, um i got out of uh the situations i was in and um you know, I, I was, like I was a bit of a party and more drug and alcohol abuse and stuff like that. And I just wanted to get healthy. I couldn't get healthy, you know. And so eight mm-hmm. weeks being in my house, although Queensland never really had a lockdown because that's where I'm originally from. <laughs> but <laughs> at, 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 in the beginning, right? So this was March last year. I yeah. kind of, um, yeah. yeah, I kind of hit the road because eight weeks in my house was scarier for me personally and, and what I was doing to myself, mm-hmm. even though I was lifting weights, you know, like um, the... Um, that was scary for me than to, to go. So I got in my car and left and um and started my journey and within like, you know, on the pretense that if I leave cold turkey on everything. Like, no drugs, no alcohol, no cigarettes. Yeah, and wow. um wow. and people asked me still, how did you manage that? I said, Well, a week into my little drive, you know, I I ended up at a permaculture property in um in Noosa Hinterlands up in Kinkin. Kin. Mm. And I just Went wow, did I, like I've died and gone to heaven, <laughs> like because it <if> was <laughs> Garden of Eden, banana trees, mulberry trees, peach trees, you know, the veggie gardens, like everything living in symbiosis with each other, and like you didn't want to wear shoes, you know, and that connection yeah. straight away brought me not only into like the, the nature, but also into you know what food I was eating, where I was sourcing my food from, like like I'd never eaten like fresh lettuce out of the ground you know like or like, I hadn't picked mulberries mm. off a tree since I was little climbing around with no shoes on my feet you know and so many things were reminiscent for me and and new and inspiring and and also healing for the journey that I just started um so yeah I yeah wanted to know how the hell do you Grow this garden of Eden, you know. <laughs> and so I did completed my permaculture course up at Noosa Forest Retreat. Um, met some amazing people and more like-minded souls, and you know, yoga and meditation and all these things, the holistic lifestyle, the alternative way of living, um, which I don't think should be alternate anymore. It should be the way. It should. It is the way. um And you'd yeah. be, you're lying to yourself if you don't believe that. It's-
0: it's weird that that is alternative. Hey? Yeah. It's like, how, how did we get to this stage as humanity that that is strange for people to grow their own food and to do meditation? And, you know, it's like, yeah you got to be weird to be healthy. Oh, these days. Well, I'll
2: tell you what, I'm weird as hell. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so right. um, and I love it, you know, I, uh, like the more I dive into this more natural way of living, you know, the more I feel like myself and sometimes mm. it feels lonely, you know, um, but also I am in the middle of the desert with a population (laughs) of seven people so so fast forward um my journey of all this uh you know connecting with like-minded people and whatnot I continued up the um east uh, like the north um coast of Queensland and met some cool farmers and met a a biodynamic farmer um over by the name of Ken Mason who kind of I was heading out to the desert. That was my next trip after, you know, doing the coastal in North Queensland. I'd never seen, lived in Brisbane my whole life, you know, and never got out to North Queensland, which everyone should Mm. go and check out, like, amazing. Um, And so, yeah, he told me about a a guy growing food in the desert, like a garden in the desert. So, look, I was like, look, that sounds cool. I'll take the connection, you know. And um, (laughs) so uh, a week into heading out, I was at Cairns. Um, I called the owner of the property I'm at now. His name's Chris, uh, Christopher Conlon. And he's a part of uh, Mount Seal Wilderness Park. I didn't know that it was Mount Seal Wilderness Park um, until my five-day trip to Alice Springs. Got Alice Springs. <laughs> Met him. He, um, His daughter brought me out here. So I'm expecting, like, someone's backyard garden I'm going to help him, or a community right. garden, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: and he's like, look mind you, this is December last year. He's like, you really should probably wait till March, you know? And I said, no, I love a challenge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As in because of the heat? Yeah,
2: because of the heat, you know? And that's what Ken Mason had said to me. He said, look, I know this gig and it's tough and he needs tough people and I'm like, that's me. <laughs> like, That's my me. whole <laughs> my whole life has prepared me for this tough moment. You know, like if the rest wasn't Definitely. tough, you know, I'll go garden into the yeah. desert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I got out here, and um, and it was middle or like start of December, and there was so everyone was cautious of me coming out. You know, because you know, suburb girl from Brisbane coming to the desert, but mm. I fell in love straight away. The fact that one there's I don't see a house the whole way driving out here. It's like I said, 200 Ks west of Alice Springs. And then they were nervous about me seeing the garden cause it was coming into the dry periods and we hadn't had the mm. rains that we got yet. And they were so nervous of me seeing this garden coming from, you know, tropical Queensland, just being up there with all this tropical fruit. So they take me to this garden. It's about, um, it's about an acre or one hectare. Um, and it's got about 33 trees of fruit trees, different varieties in it and veggies. Whoa. And yeah, it's pretty cool. So, and the, it was a bit nice. dry when I got there, but I walk in and I see a mango on a tree and I'm like, no way, <laughs> man, like, like, <laughs> what? you know, so I was, um, I was just blown away and with what I'd learned with growing food and, and, and becoming, I guess, a part of the ecosystem that is nature. Um, I fell in love with the desert straight away. And I think I fell in love Mm. with the extremes of the desert because on the coast I think we have it a lot easier, you know. It's comfortable and it's what we've known and we all live by water. But out here it's not that and um, it challenges you constantly and I love being challenged. I love pushing myself mentally, emotionally and physically to better myself, you know, to see the rawness of who I am it mm. you can't hide from anything out here, you know. So
0: it's true. Yeah,
2: it's incredible. <laughs> Let alone trying to grow fruit and veg, <laughs>
0: like ah, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super impressed to that. And so, is that, is that all through biodynamic um, and permaculture principles? Basically, is, is how you've, <laughs> they and you've been able to get that going.
2: So, I, um, so these guys got it going. So they've been here for about five years now. Um, Chris um, was actually a the owner of the cattle station of this property. It's um, just mm. over 600,000 acres. They sold it about five years ago um, and subleased about 5,000 acres left at the base of Mount Zeal. Mount Zeal is the tallest mountain in the Territory. It's also one of the hardest to climb. It has no track, so it's complete wilderness. Oh, um, right. You're a guest out here. I think that's why I like it. You you got to work with mm. nature, or she'll she'll spit you out. <laughs> and um, yeah. And so yeah, the, in on the pretense, I guess that he wanted to create. He grew he grew up in this land, you know, in this country with with the locals and with with yeah with the land, and he has a connection that I think he wants people to witness and see and experience. Um, because we forget about that connection And a place like the mm-hmm. desert, really reminds you of it because it's so raw. And I guess the biodynamic side, well, Christopher has always been a – I'll probably get in trouble for calling him Christopher on this podcast. But but Chris, (laughs) Chris, um, Chris, he's always been um, an alternate thinker with with soil regeneration. Uh, You know, he was a cattleman doing things differently to what farmers, I guess, on the coastals were doing because – and even his neighbours because he was a man who looked at the land – um, and observed constantly because of the extremes, he had to be ahead of the game. But um, but then he went and did a lot of things that involved soil regeneration and and the microbiome of the soil, um, which I find so fascinating. You know the, mm. you know the, they say there's like over in healthy soil there's more life in healthy like a teaspoon of healthy soil than there is on this planet, and that right blows my mind. You know, like <laughs> I think then it makes you think about the microbiome in your gut, like on our bodies, in the atmosphere, in the soil. It's everywhere. It's the energy of life pretty much.
0: Um, yeah, it is fascinating. I mean, even just the, the little amount that I know from watching documentaries and reading some books and everything, it's just like, ooh, you can see how deep it goes, but it, how how important it is for our health and the planet's health and, yeah, that's – that, so he, he just got really deep into that and then figured out how to apply those principles in the desert. Yeah,
2: and basically. I think like I try and get a clear-cut answer out of him sometimes. Um, <laughs> I think he doesn't want to give it all away. He can kind of let me figure some yeah. stuff out. He, he's a really, really good Fair. mentor. Uh, I'm very blessed to have him as uh, someone teaching me and, and his son um, is the operations manager here. And You know, I'm, I'm the skills I'm learning out here are ridiculous and it gives me such time to actually put, Whatever time I'm not doing skill building or growing fruit and veg or learning about science and chemistry into my health and my body, and I get to I get to be outside eighty percent of my life now. Like you know, like I'm mm. I'm outside constantly. Even on my days off, I'm outside. When it comes to bedtime, like you know, I even sometimes lay out on the hammock under the, the millions of stars. I get you know, and yeah, I have such a geez, you get
0: some. <laughs> some good stargazing out there I bet oh
2: it's amazing (laughs) Uh, I'm in a very lucky position to be improving all these things connecting to my soul and my soul you know Um, yeah and it all starts it's just you know James it's all connected like the more I go into it it's all connected it's just this big interconnected web and Mm -hmm. I think we all have that choice to be a part of something you know like that isn't the old way anymore you know but we have to be the person courageous enough to say enough's enough and if we have to walk the first few steps alone i'd rather walk the first few steps alone than walk really bad painful steps the rest of my life
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you know 100 yeah, <laughs> there's um that that reminds me of a, a book actually. It's part of the footnote program, or it's one of the um, required readings, I suppose, of the footnote program. But it's called New Old Way by Frank Ferencich. Um, I think you would love it. Um, but it's he he talks about how there's like there's the old way, which is um, like our ancestors sort of like deep ancestors who obviously had a very close connection with nature or they they weren't separate from nature like they they respected it and they worked with it and you know um, they had a spiritual connection with it and then there was the new way where it's all this technology and everyone is um, you know putting cushioned shoes on and separating themselves from nature and everything's landscaped. And, um, you know, everything's about money and economics rather than like spiritual connection. And, um, and so he's like, look, there's, it's too, we we can't, um, can't turn the omelet back into eggs. Like we're already in this new way, but we kind of need a new old way. So we need to take those elements from the old way that we can actually input into this new way and and um really change the direction that humanity is heading which is getting very deep but we are we're not taking steps in the right direction and that's um i mean a lot of people are but as a whole um you know humanity is in pain um you know mental and physical pain um and i think in large part because of our disconnection from nature um you know that goes with food it goes with sleep it goes with um you know our movement it goes with our mental state like everything is is disconnected from nature and from our own nature and therefore we're sort of feeling the effects of that so I can really I mean what a, what an amazing thing for you to experience that such a stark contrast from city life um you know and I guess experiencing The pain or experiencing some of the pain that comes with that, both physical and mental, and then to go to have that major shift into um, sort of such deep connection with nature, with growing your own food and just being out there full time. That is, that's really cool and really inspiring.
2: It is so cool, you know. And when even when you just moved your hand like that, I I felt like you're moving me back and I, I you explaining it it was it was it was a lot of trauma a lot of suffering and a lot of pain but I respect that journey that first start to my life mm. I respect it so much um, because it gave me the information and knowledge I needed to continue on now and I'm so young you know and I, and I hope that I can utilize my experiences to relate to those who are going for going through those that agony and that pain and not to tell people i don't want to tell people what to do that's a waste of my time like i got i gotta tell myself what to do you know but if people are curious and understand that with what we got we're all going through it like it's a shift it's like we're all going through puberty as a conscious collective together Mm. you know (laughs) and um it's, Mm -hmm. it's it's okay and you just gotta trust the process and remember that you do have a choice in the matter. Like. You know, the Rudolf Steiner, who is the man behind biodynamics, talks about you know our connection with nature is always going to be there. And I remember being up in the Paluma Ranges, up in um just outside of Townsville there, and I was sitting on these massive boulders, just look overlooking these trees and just sitting with giants. And and then it just occurred to me, I was just like yelling out, "You are beautiful," you know, to these trees. And then I'm like, "I'm nature. <laughs> I'm beautiful," you know, yeah. like. We are each other and as soon as you start respecting yourself and respecting nature, it's a mirror. It's our ultimate mirror. How you treat the earth is how you treat yourself, you know, it's... and vice versa, exactly. you know, like, yeah. Yeah
0: it's uh yeah it's like so so above or as above so below like it's all the same thing like when you when you look at the waterways and the trees then there's like it's basically like looking at our blood our, our circulatory system and our respiratory system and the earth like we are just an um essentially like a mirror image of the earth and and then when you take take into account all of the the microbiome that's, interwoven through everything then it um yeah it, it's a it's a beautiful thing and when you when you can understand it like that
2: and we are um, the microbiome you know we are just yeah. that we're just on a different scale to something else yeah. out there, we are microscopic, you know, like, yeah. and yeah. to something else we're, we're Even the earth itself
0: you know? is microscopic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: We're just, oh, fractals. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, the new new old way, it's such an interesting thing because I go to a Steiner study group when I, whenever I do make it into Alice, um, which is rare because even being such a small little outback city, not even a city in town, that's even too much for me now. I I love being out in nature, and I fall more in love with it every day. Um, but maybe I'm falling more in love with myself as well, you know. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, which isn't <laughs> it goes a bad both thing. ways. Yeah. Um, no. But he he Steiner talks about um, you know how we look. If you look back uh, on indigenous culture around the world, they had. Like you said, that connection to the land, you know, they had such a loving and caring understanding. And there wasn't really that sense of self. It was we are one and we are whole. And mm-hmm. then the ego and identity came in, you know, we started individualising ourselves, which is not a bad thing because we then were able to inspire each other and come up with new creative ways and different perceptions and such an awesome tool to think and understand and listen to each other bring their own kaleidoscopical view to the the conversation um but mm-hmm. it, but i think now we're at a point where it's like okay we went from dependent we, we've become independent some of us and um and now it's now it's time to integrate our ourselves back to each other but while maintaining that unique self you know and I think that's where we're moving into now interdependence and um it's such a beautiful word integrating independence and I think
0: yeah even
2: COVID for me the collaboration uh, the 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 um abbreviation for COVID I had to uh I I I broke it down to make it more positive when I started my journey but um -hmm. I called it collaboration of vital interdependence So it's time for us to maintain unique selves. Don't change who you are, be you, but welcome home, you know. Let's work together and and grow together.
0: Yeah, and I think something you said before about the going through that such, um, I guess, intense pain in so many ways, like, yes, that would have been very challenging and, and anyone who's been through pain and suffering will attest to the fact that it is very challenging but it is like you said it's a signal that something needs to change like the the pain isn't just to just for you to suffer it's for you to go oh what what do I need to change in my life so that I don't have this pain um and it's not something that needs to be um you know we society is all about painkillers and doing anything to just get rid of pain, but it's about tuning in and listening to it, whether it's physical or mental and going, what is this pain telling me and what can I do to change? Um, And I think COVID is one of those monumental. um, It's such a global thing that so many people are in different kinds of pain, people experiencing pain from, you know, losing loved ones and people experiencing pain from being in lockdowns and not being able to see their loved ones and um, all of everything in between. And and I think the division that's happening as well with the way it's been politicized um, is very painful. And uh, I think it because it's so global and so ubiquitous and everyone is experiencing it to some degree then it has to bring around, It just seems like it has to bring about some kind of major shift in the collective um, consciousness, I suppose, of of the world.
2: Yeah, connecting us, I think, together, and and because like breathing fresh air and um and drinking clean water wasn't, so we had to, we had we had to yeah. have something else that was going to make us all go, oh wait a minute, we are we are all in this together, you know, so.
0: yeah 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 exactly and and I think people realizing just how important community is like maybe you you could sort of take it for granted just being able to go and catch up with your friends or family whenever you want to and then um, something like this happens and suddenly you're not allowed to and then you and then you're like oh like i really that is so valuable to me to be able to see my family and my friends in person like yes zoom is cool and i think it's awesome that we can have a chat over over zoom or you know this this app um and we can see each other face to face but it still wouldn't doesn't compare to actually being in the same room um you know and it and that would be awesome sometime yeah. to to visit visit you down oh, there <laughs> um or across across there rather yeah. um but you know, I think it's it's really it's opening a lot of people's eyes to just the extreme importance of human connection um, and connection with nature as well. I think mm. that's one of the biggest things that people have been saying is like I miss, I really miss going to the beach or I miss going for hikes. And um, uh, in some places, like in Melbourne, the parks, like even the playgrounds and parks, are closed and mm. or at least they were for a time. Um, and uh, you know, there's there there would be a big case for saying that that's really not helping anyone's health mm-hmm. to restrict their access to nature. Um, there would be a case for that. And it's, you know, it's not something we necessarily have to get into, but it, it, I think a lot of people are waking up to that fact that like, I really need nature and I really need community in my life. And and it's sort of made them prioritize that a lot more when when they do have the freedom to do it
2: oh definitely and i think that i think we had to have this wake-up call like because people Mm. weren't appreciating what we do have and looking after it and especially our health you know like mental health has been such a thing that's brought up in conversation now um which is amazing but I, i want i hope that people look at like okay let's how do we progress you know like and and move forward um and actually get to a point where we're not sick anymore like, because I don't want to be mm. sick anymore and I don't want to be um, in pain anymore. I don't want, I've done it, you know. <laughs> I've only done a short <laughs> few years of it compared to, like, people who do their whole lives in it. But we're at a point now where we have information at our fingertips, you know, and it. I don't think it's too hard to find the truthful things out there because you can feel it. And as soon as you become clear within yourself, it's, I personally believe that alcohol is one of the biggest, the worst things for you. The fact that like pubs and and that everything can be open and bottlers can be of essentials, you're you're dumbing your you're not dumbing yourself down. I don't want to say that, yeah, but um, but you you're killing it's kind of numbing, yeah, um, and it, you shut off your receptors. You know, if, put it this way: if you what does you know the alcohol stuff that we use all on our hands to you know nine, kills ninety nine percent of germs, right? If alcohol kills ninety nine percent of germs and you drink that, what's it do to your insides, to your to your microbiome in your gut, which is Mm -hmm. and then and then to your receptors to life and how you feel. I'm a big um anti advocate for painkillers because I like to feel my threshold, you know. I don't wanna take them and then push past that threshold when my body's telling me, Hey, listen to me, I'm in pain. Can you do something about this? You know? Yeah. And I think "Yeah." yeah.
0: I think it's a really interesting point about the thing. Like, I think the deeper point is that if you tune in to your intuition um, and you really listen to the signals that your body is giving you, then that can tell you a lot about what you need to do. Um, Or it can tell you a lot about what is true or what is not. And I think truth is a truth can be subjective, obviously. um, But there's, there's certain things that will really resonate with you um, as truth when you actually listen properly. But if you're in so much pain um, that you're yeah trying to numb it, whether that's you know numbing physical pain with painkillers and and so on, um, or numbing mental pain with um, alcohol or or other other things, other vices, then you're not able to fully listen to the messages your body is giving you and therefore you're not actually able to make the change that you need to make.
2: But that's because it's scary. Like, and it is scary. It is. Because yeah. you've got to face yourself and what you're doing to yourself, you know, taking accountability. I had a moment the other day, you know, I said I was um, I was on my beam and, and I've had such lower back pain lately and I, I really have put that to do with, you know, this car injury that I had when I was younger um, that was fully... Mm-hmm my doing and um and taking that responsibility but having to admit that to myself and, and apologizing to myself it's it's a very um confronting thing and it can be very yeah. overwhelming to people because people don't know how to react or give themselves that love and that's something that's been on such a journey with me is okay well I chose actually to put myself here and I chose to do, do this to myself and I I put myself in these positions and you know but if I could do 10 years of destruction, what can I do with 10 years of creation? You know, as Mm, soon as you mm. make that switch, it's like, it's scary, but the hard work is so scary. It's always scary, but instant gratification isn't going to cut it anymore. (laughs) You know, it's working towards it. The long-term stuff, laying of the concrete, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think there's a big difference as well between um, acknowledging that you were... It's like, it's it's a difference between blaming yourself and beating yourself up and being like, oh, I did this to myself. Like, you know, I, you know, regrets and this and that. um, Versus, like, okay, I I can see how my actions have contributed to me being where I am now. Um, I can't change those actions. I accept those, but it's now my responsibility to take control of this situation and, and do, or at least take control of the factors that I, have control over yeah. um, so that I can be working towards something as opposed to I think a lot of people can get into this mindset of like oh like it's it's a kind of kind of a victim mentality where it's like oh, all of this stuff happened to me um, and none of it's my fault and there's nothing I can do because it, the world is just against me um, and that's a very oversimplification <laughs> um, but it that kind of attitude doesn't leave much room for growth. It just sort of keeps you stuck in this cycle. Um, whereas if you, yeah, like you said, if you can acknowledge like, hey, I got myself here, I can also get myself out, you know, essentially through through the right practices and the right mindset and having a bit of guidance. Like, you know, if, you, if you're feeling some back pain and um, you have someone like me, who can go, hey, uh, I'm getting a bit of back pain. What, what do you reckon I should look into? Um, or you have it, you know, for anyone out there, you have a practitioner that you can trust, that you can get advice from, or you have some some kind of resource that can help guide you. Then it makes that a lot easier, rather than just going, oh, I know I should do something, but I've got no idea what to do. Yeah. and I, I think that is the the beauty of the internet is you can make these connections with people anywhere in the world, pretty much, um, and find people that you do know and or find people that you like and trust to to help you out with with issues and and for the most part i mean helping people feels really good <laughs> like for the most part everyone wants to help out oh definitely um, yeah yeah
2: and that's the thing like i think that's like you know i've i know what my passion is my passion is definitely in the garden that's uh, i i think it's also like who doesn't want to grow their own food like like yeah. and and, and I, like I don't even care about money. Oh, I do care about money. Um, words of magic, you know, spelling and all that jazz. So I I do care yeah. about money, but it's on a, my um, it's just you know, an exchange of energy for me. But the fact that mm-hmm. I get paid to kind of grow my food that feeds me to then like you know people go on that cycle of work where they like go to their shitty job to get paid to go to their shitty house to pay for the lifestyle so they can sleep and then go back to their shitty job. <laughs> and it's just like, and now I'm in a gig where I'm like, I don't feel like I'm just in a circle, but I feel like I'm spiraling up, you know, like I'm actually more mm, texting myself mm. upwards because I'm, I'm growing each day um, with my position, Yeah, but also like, yeah, can, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I think I have developed a very strong love for myself and not the love that gave me from the gym, That is a completely different love and a very narcissistic, for me was narcissistic, um, just trying to look buff and fit and attractive when really if I just looked myself in the mirror and and had a moment of appreciation for my soul and my journey and my characteristics and my laughter and all that jazz, I actually realised that I didn't have to get my gym membership. I could have just had some inner and deep work and – and mm. movement with my body you know like even just doing some of these exercises on the beams and it's so cool to appreciate if i feel parts of my legs especially like far out the shins i can feel it in the shins yeah. in the, when you're doing the balancing <laughs> for, once you hit that minute yeah. it's killer but I, I feel so strong and empowered and all i did was balance on my leg on a beam for one minute like <laughs> and i'm like i know it doesn't amazing. doesn't seem to make sense does it, it it's like yeah. it's why do we, why do we as people oversimplify the simple? Like, why do we, yeah. are we addicted to the stress? Are we addicted to the chaos? I think I was once upon a time, you know, mm. but now I'm just more I, peaceful, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. What yeah. Love? Well, I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of people can get addicted to sort of stress cycles. um, And then, yeah, it takes it takes a, a sometimes it takes a breaking point, whether that's an injury or a meltdown or um, pandemic. You know, something, <laughs> pandemic to yeah for them to go. Oh, I need to get out of this cycle. Um, but I was, I, I mean, I think I, so. I've been spending a fair bit of time or a decent amount of time. I'd like to spend more, but at it um, TFC Bush one, which for anyone listening is the. Um, like the nature immersion retreat that we're building bit by bit. Um and I mean I, I'm addicted to it out there to a degree. <laughs> like I, I just love it out there. Like I, I want to spend as much time out there as possible. And we've been growing a garden and um even even getting out there for a weekend, which is pretty much what I can manage at the moment around the business. Um, you know, I just feel so reset in my in my body and and mind and and soul just from just being out in nature, disconnecting from technology for some time, and just um, you know, planting. We've been planting herbs and fruit trees and um, potatoes and stuff like that, and we've been going for hikes and going for creek hops and so on. So, I can really only imagine how it's been for you, like pretty much doing that full time. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm interested, like what your what your day looks like out there in the desert. Like, is it is it a pretty consistent routine or? paint us a picture
2: it's it's, look i couldn't really paint the picture because it's different every day (laughs) i do i do um i do pretty much a five-day work week roster um with a bit of a shift in the in the in the month but um each day is different so we've got the biodynamic garden and by the biodynamic side we're kind of just we're kind of just aiming for organic as possible there's um certain things we can only achieve being in the desert and um Mm. And we're trying to, I guess, the biggest focus is just soil regeneration and mucking around with soil regeneration, especially using alkaline water because we're on water out here, um, which is um, a really interesting topic as well. But I'm not, I don't think I have the knowledge there for that one, but it's an interesting, um, (laughs) it's still something I'm learning. So my average day um, pretty much looks like. I get up, I wake up, I, um, I, I do some balancing, do some yoga. But then I get out and um, we, do, we do a bit of watering. So we go out, we've got a lot of things happening at the moment in the garden um, with like tomatoes and pumpkins and watermelons um, growing at the moment, which is amazing because if Sweet. we get the rains that are suspected over the summertime, I, grew, I got about 200 to 300 give or take watermelons over last summer which was amazing. But because we were right. warmer here, we had watermelons all the way into autumn. And um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was incredible stuff. And then, um, and then, so I'll do, I spend about two hours, maybe three hours in the garden. It depends. Like at the moment, we've spent quite a lot lately in the garden because we've got a bit of a biodynamic open day happening next weekend. Oh, it's my weekend today. So specifically, Everyone else's weekend this week. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so if anyone on here is actually from Alice, or um, come check us out. Um, but um, look, we're we're still new and we're still developing. Because then after that, we we've got a wilderness park. You know, we've got about two thirds of our place is conservation, and then we've mm. got about twelve bush camp sites so you can come out here and camp with us under the stars away from light pollution and noise pollution you have a drop hole dunny um that yours truly built dug and created <laughs> um, amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah and um and then um a lot of bird life watching out here but it's usually getting the campsites ready um uh, we've also got a little convenience store um being two hours away from alice and about an hour away from Papunya, which is the closest um mm. shop um we've kind of got a, our own little place we've got a neighboring um, community in um, indigenous community and um, and mm-hmm. we're in the middle of opening an art center for them as well because the owner Chris has a great connection with the community and um, and his goal is to inspire them to you know do something with themselves as well. Um, and then so we're we're all always, yeah, I couldn't give you an exact routine because it's like yeah, yeah, no, that's all right. Yeah, out, you know, um, yeah, yeah, every, and that's why I love it out here. It's different. Like I learned how variety. to variety. Yeah, I learned like some days I'm digging holes to build fences or doing trenching for plumbing or um, mm. or I'm in the garden or I'm dragging the roads to do road maintenance or um. Or I'm just doing a bin run because rubbish is such an important thing, you know, that we don't really think of because we put it in a bin and the garbage man comes and gets it, but not yeah. out here. So we've got to do our own rubbish maintenance <laughs> as well, um, which makes you really acknowledge the energy that it takes to go into a product for us to consume a product or our energy that goes into getting the product and then, um, and then the end product of, of getting rid of that product. You know, this energy just never ends. It just transforms. So that's another thing. Yeah. Um. You know, I left I left one of the grapevine taps on yesterday and woke up this morning to a bit of a flood in the in the patch because
1: you
2: know oh, it just it just so happens of thing. And so maintaining yeah. like making sure that those tanks have water now and um you know if there's a leak in the line or anything like that we're always just you're always just um yeah. Your brain is never lacking in stimulation out here. That's for sure. Oh,
0: no, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet. And um, what, what uh, what happens with the garden? Like, obviously, you you eat the food um that comes from the garden, and and what like what else? Um, I guess what's like the bigger picture of what's going on there.
2: I think there's a couple of big pictures um with what's going on. So the biggest thing is to get produce in to the village, which is all of us. Um obviously we all want to be living out of there. Um, it's like I said, it's it's still establishing and like I've only been doing this for a year and these guys trust me with doing it. So it's just like a big canvas slash laboratory set slash school for me to learn and for them to learn and us to learn how to grow food in the desert and what we're capable mm. of achieving. Um, so the, I think the goal is to get food um, for us, but also food for the community, food in our little shop and, um, but also then I think later down the track to be able to implicate this stuff across the desert and, in, and into other communities yeah, would be ideal, which would be amazing, you it's know.
0: Kind of like pro- proving a model that works and then showing people how to do it.
2: Yeah, definitely. And soil regeneration is so interesting. But if, you, if anyone here knows on permaculture, they say for an ecosystem to be self-sustaining in any essence. Um, takes twelve to twenty years, so you have got to commit a lot of time into it, which is nothing on the minuscule life that you can actually create. Um, for sure. Yeah. So when these guys first started, the the, the soil was virgin red soil, red dirt, uh, rocky country. I still dig up like big rocks in there all the time. Um, but it's they couldn't even when they were watering the areas for the trees to go in, the water wouldn't wouldn't even sink. It was that compacted now we've now i've got worms in there so
0: (laughs) wow yeah
2: yeah so it's 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 an incredible journey what we're able to achieve i asked chris um you know what what is the goal i try to get you know i need to see the target of what we're shooting at but i think we're shooting like five arrows and seeing where they land (laughs) um with a bit with a few targets there you know like it's like a carnival festival um but he says you know wouldn't it be amazing if you're in a if a plane and you're going over you see this red country you know and then you look down and you just see a forest <laughs> this big green patch and I think it's yeah. amazing we've got four mango trees in there and if anyone who's from Queensland knows how big a mango tree gets <laughs> um oh yeah you know they can get pretty big and um like I said we had six mangoes when I was here last uh, in December I think I've got at least 60 on there this year so it's wow. quite a difference. I've got almond trees are flowering. Um, I've got, you know, citrus, mandarins, um, grapefruit, um, guavas. I just I've replanted and transplanted a guava sucker. Um, We've got mulberry trees. We've got olive trees. We've got three figs. Um, Then we've got a big green manure patch. I'm growing oats, buckwheat. I've never grown any of this stuff in my life, so don't ask me any technical (laughs) questions, but we're doing it, right? And I'm in there every day. (laughs) That is amazing. And I talk with my plants and they talk back to me because I'm I'm in there every day with them, you know? Yeah.
0: Do you know
2: what budgerigars are, right? Budgies, the bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know they were native to Central Australia until I came to Central Australia. Yeah, right? Oh, I didn't know that
0: either until now. <laughs>
2: they fly in swarms in in like uh, you know, 300 to 400 um birds around, you know, and there's so Whoa. so many birds, so it's um it's um yeah, it's it's incredible to be honest.
0: That, that is a pretty incredible vision that just when when you said that about a plane flying over the desert and then suddenly you see this big green forest, it's like that is that's it's pretty powerful to imagine. And and I think, uh, in one sense, it's like that's probably the most challenging place that you could grow food. And if you, someone's able to do it there, then you can pretty much grow food anywhere if you take those you know those same kind of principles and and apply them. And um, I I, I was interested to. I th- I feel like it might be too much of a big topic I suppose biodynamics and permaculture um Never. <laughs> I was interested to delve into it a little bit um but you know if if there was a quick summary or even um or even I guess some resources that people should check out when it comes to the the those um those concepts Cool
2: so my my description that I tell people um because it is such it is broadness um biodynamics for me is a way of looking at soil regeneration through um, an esoteric mindset. Mm-hmm. So you see, um, well, you you look at increasing the microbiome through soil regeneration with um, with certain plant matter, certain animal matter, and um, and certain um, integration with the cos- cosmic uh, powers. I guess you could say um, the yep, biggest thing yep. I say to people, you know, the the plants photosynthesize with the sun. And the moon helps them, um, you know, has an effect with the water on the earth, you know. So if these two things up there have an effect on the planet, what are the rest doing? And um, look, I'm no mm. pro on this. And there's probably some science guru who will put me down or out of shame for it. But I don't really care because I'm <laughs> in the garden and I'm doing it and it's working, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and this yeah. is my reality. And if it doesn't work for you, that's rad. But um, it's working for me. So Yeah. biodynamics, yeah, a bit of... Um, bit of a uh, like yeah soil regeneration with a bit of chemistry alchemy and um and some fun and and just like being in a kitchen but in the garden yeah and yeah permaculture i see it as permaculture design they call it where it's integrating how you can get i guess a maximum output with minimal input but also creating a circular economy and allowing everything to be a part of the system Instead of just, you know, monocropping or doing certain things. Um, and I think, you know, there's some parts in biodynamics and permaculture that go against each other. So I'm kind of just coming up with my own thing as well. Like, oh, interesting. Because you know, okay. that's the thing. You, you yeah. can read a book, you know, and you can study this stuff and you can go see someone else's place and see what they're doing. But you got to be in your garden every day to figure out what it's actually doing, you know, and, and how to design um, Yeah you got to be an experimenter like like we used to be we used to go out and experiment and investigate and curiosity and imagination all the things we had as children
0: trial and error yeah yeah you know
2: and yeah. you've just got to go out and muck around um but oh you know Bill Mollison um David Holgram basic permacultural introduction i recommend people go yep. to a permaculture design course it's not only a course but it um it's like it's a lot of knowledge in one go but if you like sieve through that and find the basics and meet the people that's what it's about it's about meeting the people yeah
0: um, yeah
2: yeah rudolph steiner oh look um it's really interesting the how i learn is i just go to an area and i look up the community garden i look up i i I just talk to it about everyone like my massage therapist finished the massage on me, and then we went out to her garden. And now she's asking and consulting with me constantly because she sees my passion for it, you know. Um,
0: yeah. Just yeah. talk
2: to everyone. Everyone's gardens.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, well, someone's yeah, curious. Just get out there and, yeah. And, if, and so does uh, – d- sorry, know, go on.
2: You, oh, I was just going to say, and if you don't know, someone's going to ask you something that's going to ignite you to go out and find the answer if you don't know you know
1: true and that's what i never
2: i say to people i'm always right because i admit when i'm wrong people are going to deny that but (laughs) you know if you can admit that then you're also on the way to learning so that you can be right
0: you know 100 percent. yeah yeah and something um like something you said before about with gardens like I, i really like the analogy of gardening with like health like um if you're like, you're never going to get one correct answer that suits everyone for health. Like it's, it's going to be different depending on the person, depending on their history, depending on their needs, you know, their needs and, and their goals and so on. And, and so um you know like you said it, it's got to be an investigative explorative creative approach it's not like follow this step these steps and you will get in a great garden it's like oh well, let's try this this oh this didn't work so well let's try that and and listening and and communicating the whole time like you said you talk to your plants and um and they talk back and similarly we can sort of talk to ourselves and and talk to our um you know talk with our intuition and and see what's working for us and what's not and um and deep down you uh like it it can take some figuring out um but I, at least when it comes to health generally deep down you kind of know whether something's working or not and and or it's like I guess the proof is in the pudding, um, like with a garden, like you're either going to get a flourishing, beautiful plant that's, you know, um, producing fruit and so on, or it's going to be struggling and the leaves are falling off. And so, you know, you know whether or not it's going well. And likewise with your body, (laughs) it's and you can taste it. Yeah. Yeah. And likewise with your body, you'll, you'll feel really good and, Energetic and pain-free, and so on. When the things are the right things are happening, and you won't feel, you'll get the signals when you're not doing the right things. Basically, and it's also
2: it's a big thing of uh, one of the key principles in permaculture is observe and interact. It's the first principle: observe and interact. Because like you then that's one thing we don't do anymore. We don't observe, and I go to my Mm. garden every morning, and I, I. observe straight away i first look at who's been in here because there's tracks everywhere because we don't have anything covering it obviously we integrate all of mm. the wilderness into it um but also just interacting and constantly like trial and error you're going to be a part of it you're going to change things you're going to try things that work and some things that don't i think you have to be yeah not fearful of rejection because rejection's just learning you know um lessons are just blessings really um
0: yeah. You know. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think that's a big thing. The three principles of um of the three like I guess values of permaculture as well is um it is so important and I think it's very beautiful is um earth care is the first first one which is I think relates to us and ourselves or us and and nature of um caring for the land and uh and also making sure whatever you do when you're in the garden is going to be positive for yourself and for the, for the plant and for the land and for the birds Mm. and the bees, you know, you don't spray pesticides, you're going to kill off all the good stuff, you know, and you may get a good crop, but you may not next year, you know, and it's just having an awareness of what your actions are going to cause, you know, Um, the second uh, Mm -hmm. value is, and most people often change this, but it should be being care it's not people care. A lot of people change it to people care. And I think that's a very, okay. Um, yeah, sad way of looking at it because then you're not integrating everything that like being care is where it should be. You've got the microbes in the soil and, um, and the birds and everything. The birds leave me half a fig every morning. Like they'll, they'll nibble oh, on one oh. and they'll leave one and I eat it. You know, I'm not, I'm not, fast. I'm, not um. I'm not aiming to sell for, I guess, mass production. I don't, we need to come away from mass production and actually grow our own food we'll save a lot of money doing so and um Mm -hmm. but yeah so um being care and then the last one is fair share and that's sharing what you've got and integrating that with people you said like you know talk to someone like you if i'm having back problems well i'm going to talk to you after this (laughs) Um, but it's sharing sharing that knowledge you know and that understanding and and you know whatever you get share that with people like why do we have to hoard it all like why do we
0: need so much stuff you know sharing that yeah it's that's a great point it's more of that abundance mindset like there's enough there's enough to go around and i can share what i've learned and share what i've grown and and it always it always comes back to you like it's the sort of law of reciprocity where you you put put out good stuff to the universe and to the world and and to other people uh, and other beings and then you you get that back and it just it sort of never fails really
2: and that's what i was saying earlier when i said i did 10 years of destruction i was i was the person creating that life i was doing mm. all these things i may not have had the skill set to understand why i was doing these or how they were occurring but as soon as i had the aha moment when. went Wait a minute! I'm digging my own hole. No one, no one else is here digging it. It's like, where's this hole getting deeper? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh wait! But I can dig myself out of there too, you know. And that's that's something I think I learned to do. And um, taking yeah accountability yeah. for that, you know. So it's a beautiful journey. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it too. Yeah, it's um, it gets me more and more excited to to gradually spend more time out bush and and um get get that deeper connection and and also i mean so, something i always like to um i guess r- emphasize is that you know not everyone has to go out bush and you know or go out to the desert and have a biodynamic farm in the desert or you know it it's about finding ways that you can do it in your own life um you know even if that just means growing some herbs out on your balcony or community
2: gardens um, yeah doing a
0: community gardens or yeah yeah exactly and there's always a way
2: yeah they usually have working bees um you know, I, I've a lot of people ask me how do you do this and I'm like, Look, you don't have to run away like I did, like <laughs> I literally left everything yeah. behind. I was a very extreme case. <laughs> but I, I guess I walked down a path to get a lot lot of knowledge on, on this journey, to share and help people see it differently. And the the best thing I say to people is um is to definitely just find a community garden go out to people who are also looking for fresh food and fresh produce usually a community garden will have a lot that you can be a part of or have your own garden or you can just help out Mm. and 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 they have fresh produce like fresh produce (laughs) i just love it (laughs) yeah what you fuel yourself with is the it's the best way to have a conscious um awakening i think
0: absolutely yeah and it's all out there like there are there definitely are people out there doing it and if you live in a city um generally there'll be some kind of community gardens and some kind of farmers markets that you can check out it might take a bit of extra effort and planning but um it's definitely well worth it yeah
2: definitely oh it's you start meeting people that's the best way like i've met so many different people from all walks of life just from doing this and I have a big interest in, like, I'll go to the courses that people offer because I think that's the best mm. way to m- make a community straight away um, and then what you get out of that. I'm a big person with the helping of, you know, I'm a healthy person. I I can go out and work a full days' work and stuff. And I know a lot of people need a lot of help doing projects. And I've I've met a lot of people and just spent a couple of hours at their house helping them in their garden. And we smashed two people, you know, more hands, less work type of thing. And I've, yeah, I've made friends yeah. all of the East Coast. I've made friends all down in Adelaide and, and South Australia. But I don't even think I'll need to buy a house in those two states now because I've just got people who yeah. welcome me into their house because they let me muck around in their garden, you know. So, and I don't even know yeah. what I'm talking about half the time, so I don't know why they trust <laughs> me. <laughs> so. oh, well,
0: it's the thought that counts. Yeah, definitely. Oh. And um, I think that's uh, it's such a cool aspect of it as well is that it's not it's not just about getting the movement and it's not just about getting the connection with nature um and it's not just about getting that community but it's it's all of those and how they interact and how they support each other um I think is is the really beautiful thing
2: yeah definitely and that's the thing like I've made connections with people like I went down to SA recently to visit the people I've made connections with upon doing my biodynamics course and we're sitting at one of the ladies' um uh, her her property overlooking her um you know vineyard and and we're sitting there with like a couple of different ladies and then like uh the youngest bloke that we made friends with there it was twenty one uh twenty year old you know um environmental science students whose passion is amazing and the younger generation are really coming up in this and the older generation i can see them having the shift in mindset going actually i want to leave a legacy of good behind and mm. the younger pushing mm. for it and when you make those um relationships connected it's amazing and that brings it back to like indigenous culture we had elders we had people who passed on the knowledge and passed on for the sure. wisdom because they've walked the walk, like, I don't wanna walk the hard yeah. things if someone else has already done it. Like, I'm walking down these roads and there's footprints <laughs> sure. everywhere, you know? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. probably yeah. not in um those there's shoe footprints, so that's the problem. I'm doing it barefoot. <laughs> so- yeah. We,
0: so, in some ways we've gotta we gotta walk a new path. But you're right, there's there's so much that we can learn from people who've um blazed the trails behind us and so much just so much knowledge and wisdom there that if you're willing to if you're willing to listen and soak it up then you can you can really accelerate your journey which is which is really awesome
2: definitely share share the knowledge you know like i think no one's really right yeah. or wrong it's it's storytelling it's sharing whatever you think and taking whatever you need out of it you don't need to take it all um or, or be all right or be all wrong or whatever it is you know it's just yeah open perspective and,
0: on it and the- Exactly. And that's pretty much exactly what we've done here. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's been the perfect way to hear your, hear more about your story and the lessons that you've learned. And, um, you know, I've taken a lot from it and I'm sure a lot of people listening will take at least something from it. And, um, I mean, I I feel like we could talk for hours. We will have to wrap it up. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to getting out to, out to Mount Zeal and, checking out the garden and by that time I'm sure it'll be pumping even more and and maybe we can do a follow-up episode as well
2: oh definitely that'd be amazing and uh look like I said to you when we first spoke there's a big health community out in um in Alice Springs that I I want to be at one of your seminars so
0: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> you gotta come out even if I'm the only person
0: <laughs> yeah but we'll definitely... I reckon I reckon we can make it yeah, happen I think yeah.
2: we will definitely and uh, look I'm a big advocate for the for bare feet and um and just healing, just I'm a big advocate for people to start um loving themselves the way I love myself and I love the land. Um, I, it's an amazing yeah. feeling. Why would you not want to feel like this, you know? <laughs> so yeah, and thank, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for this chat and and my new beamer. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Oh,
0: yeah, that's a pleasure. And um, I guess if, if people are keen to follow more about with what you're doing and everything, like I know you've got an Instagram, um, which is uh at bare soul wanderers yeah that's correct sorry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. bare <laughs> yeah, soul yeah. wanderers that's right um and the uh is there a website for the there is a website yeah, for mount so zeal wilderness just mount, park hey?
2: yeah mount zeal wilderness park it's uh, Z E I L. um and yeah we've got bush bush camping pretty much out here so if you are making a your round trip around australia make sure you go through the middle because it's you get to see things that most people don't get to see and um, it's very yeah, beautiful of yeah. biodiversity and you get to see budgies in swarms not in cages in <laughs> house, you know? so it's amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah it's pretty
0: um, i'm pretty keen to see those as well yeah cool well we'll um we'll put all of that in the show notes as well so that people can just click on and you know they can they can see it all um your instagram and and um the uh the website and um yeah thanks thanks again for coming on it's been really good and and i'm definitely looking forward to a round two when we can make it out to (laughs) out out there
2: and i look forward to coming out to to somewhere you're doing (laughs) yeah out of somewhere (laughs) it is somewhere oh honestly james i look forward to seeing the sparkle in your eye like it does for me yeah
0: yeah (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) awesome thanks misty thanks for listening guys catch you next week